Leia, it's a pleasure to have you on the show. How are you? I'm doing really well. How are you doing, Dan? Very, very well. You are the youngest person I've ever had on this show, over 150 guests. Oh, so my God. Congratulations. <laughs> I am honored. I am very honored. Thanks again uh, for having me. <laughs> no, thank you very much. How's uh, everything been for you? I know there's... Um, it's a it's a bit of an interesting time for the industry, but how have you been dealing with it? Um, yeah, it's a very it's a very weird time for the industry. It's a very uncertain time. <laughs> um, I've been doing okay. I think me and my family have been doing okay. It's just really odd um, because at this point I would be gearing up to film things or I'd be gearing up for show or something coming up you know our life as actors is very spontaneous and it it moves and during this point where a lot of amazing things have come out um like it's just like it would be one thing after the other you know you're not really sitting down for too often but it kind of feels like we're almost back in quarantine not truly because we do get to go outside and there's no mask um but just in terms of the industry it's it's practically dead uh, so it, it's a, it's just a really weird place to be in for me because, uh, a lot of my identity kind of, uh, at least in my head has kind of circled around acting for a long portion of time, but it's been really exciting to, for me as, as just a person to kind of delve into other interests or creative endeavors. That's been a great part of it, but also at the same time, um, we got to get treated fairly. And I, I do think that this was going to happen either way. And it's a good thing that's happening now as opposed to five to 10, 20 years from now. And it just keeps getting worse and worse. Um, so again, we got to be treated fairly. And so I'm willing to keep going into weird creative endeavors during this time to keep myself entertained before we get to that point. What have you been doing to keep yourself busy? What hobbies have you been picking up? Or old hobbies or... <laughs> Some hobbies, uh, as yeah, I've been I've been going to the movie theater a lot, so I've been watching a lot of old movies recently. And then, um, how old are we talking? Fifties, um, sixties. Wow. Okay. Yeah. 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 Um, I had I hadn't seen like some classic movies before. I had never seen Jaws, so oh, nice. I I got to see that in theaters, which was awesome. And then, um. I saw like Lawrence of Arabia. I know that one's like what made in the sixties, I guess. So yeah, I've been mm. watching like older movies, but also I started tap dancing. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Okay. That's a <laughs> random thing to pick up. What made you pick Very that up? Well, I used to dance when I was younger, like when I was six, seven, six, seven or eight. Yeah. Um, and I used to do like ballet and I used to do tap and like hip hop and modern. And I don't know, I just kind of stopped doing it when um, singing and acting came along. That became like my primary focus. And then I went to go see MJ the musical uh, on Broadway in February. And I don't know, I just became obsessed. I became obsessed with the musical and then with all of the dancers and dancing in it. And I was like, I think I just need to I need to follow like my eight-year-old heart. I feel like there's something in her that's calling her to tap dancing. And so I bought tap shoes in February and I hadn't done anything with those tap shoes for like months. And then last week I was like, I need to actually do something with these tap shoes. And so I've now started classes. There we are. Wow. And how are you progressing? All right. I'm doing quite well. I'm doing okay. 
you know, there's always room for improvement. There's always room for more progression. Um, but I, I, for my first and second class as of yesterday, I feel like I'm doing good. I've been recording myself after each class so that I can practice throughout the week. Um, nice. Taking it very seriously. Yes. So. When's the last time you did a musical? I'm curious. That I did a musical? Yeah, or a theater show or anything like that. I've never done theater. Not, really? No, not real true theater. I I mean, when I was younger, I, I would do like theater programs mm. in Texas. And so I did like really bootleg shows. They would be called like Stinky Cheese Man. I think that's a, that's a real one. And then it was like Queen <laughs> of the Silent Scream. They were all for seven-year-olds. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but I became like a little bit of a theater nerd when I was like 20, well, I was 12 or 13. Um, so it's definitely like a goal of mine. And uh, yeah, that's another thing I want to get into during the strike. Uh, so yeah, 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 I haven't done any though. I, I saw an interview with you from, I reckon you were 10 or 11 and you were speaking better than me at 20, 25. Um, were you ever media trained at that age? Like, how do you speak so confidently at that age? Ooh, I, yeah, uh, you know, I didn't have media training when I was younger. Uh, I feel like it's it stems from the way that I was raised, I guess, one. And then two, because I have been doing this for a really long time. I mean, I started when I was nine years old. Uh, so you're going into these audition rooms and you're for a long time, I felt more comfortable around adults than kids my own age, you know? Really? Um, yeah. It's a very weird thing when you're a child actor. Um, I was also very lucky because I did happen to go to school for a, a good portion of my very young life. Like I went to elementary school and I was able to make friends there and in that way. Um, but then when you get into the industry, it's a bit of a mental shift. When you're a kid, it's kind of, you don't really realize what that shift is, but you're going into these rooms with very grown people who are all watching you perform. Um, and you become used to the dialogue. You become, you start to pick up on the way that they move or the things that they do. Uh, and so I, I, I think it, it stems from that comfortability with just being in a room and auditioning in front of people who are older than me. And then on top of that, it, it could just be something in my own DNA. I mean, I, I, I was best friends with like my very, very lovely, but like elderly neighbor when I oh, was like eight yeah. years old. That sounds <laughs> like me. Yeah. 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 Very close with like my grandparents. Um, but other than that, again, like when you when you grow up in the industry, you do just kind of get comfortable being around uh, adults at a young age. And do you think you matured quite quickly because of that? Yes, yes, mm -hmm. definitely, definitely matured, um, matured quicker than probably the average like ten or eleven year old. But again, there was it's it's a very tough thing when you get into the industry so young. Like there has to be some type of balance, and some people aren't fortunate enough to have a support system or a safety net um, in the way that I was able to. So I would, yeah, I'd spend the week like auditioning and I would be talking to my manager and talking to my agent, but also on weekends, like me and my parents would, you know, go on bike rides or we'd just like go to the beach. And then I would hang out with my friends within that time. 
so it's all just balance. And I think my my family was well aware of the uh, of just mentally how it was going to probably change me as a as a young girl. Do you remember the first, like your first professional job? And were you nervous, excited, confident? Because you were nine, right? I was nine um, when I started acting professionally, but I had done things in Texas. It was around that time. It was like eight turning nine. Um, I can't even remember what I had for breakfast yesterday, let alone <laughs> when I was eight and nine. It's just crazy to me. Uh, yeah, I guess, I don't know. It, it's I had never felt so um, alive and free at mm. that age. Like I had done like talent shows when I was younger. And I remember I just, ne- I didn't want to get off the stage. And I would tell right. my dad, can I please get back up there? Can I please get back up there? So um, just very lucky to find a passion so early. But I do remember mm. my first, like, like my first acting job. I didn't have any nerves when I was seven or eight because I was just doing it primarily because I thought it was fun. Mm. Um, and all of it was my idea. Like I came to my parents and was like, hey, I think I want to act. Like, can I please start acting lessons? And that stemmed from like recitals and again, talent shows. And yeah. I did the morning announcements at my school, <laughs> that type of stuff. Um, but I think my first, I think my first thing I ever did was like print work in Texas. And it was for like a Chuck E. Cheese brochure. And we just got to like, play skee-ball and like (laughs) (laughs) we got to just like eat cake and blow out the candles all right for a job it was perfect (laughs) it was perfect I still think about that day so it's like how could I forget um one of the best days of my life when I was eight years old um so yeah I think it was a Chuck E. Cheese brochure that was my first my first ever project What what about the business side of it when did you start to learn about the business side of it the money the managers the publicity, you know, all that that comes with it. Yeah, I think I'm still learning more about it. It in my head, it's kind of two different industries to me at times, and that could be just because I'm young and I just I love the acting portion of it. Like I just love being able to do it. I feel very lucky to be able to do it. Um, and then everything when it comes to like business and like promotion and. Uh, like you said, having good representatives around you, it feels like something almost separate to me, Mm. Um, you know, as opposed to being able to focus on like my main goal, which which is to be a part of just great projects and to be able to challenge myself depending on the roles that I play. Um, And then again, the business stuff kind of comes later. So I think for me, you get your first kind of taste of it when you get your first agent. Um, and I had to have an agent and manager when I got out here. So I was again, nine or 10. So, you know, I, you still don't fully understand it cause you're just having fun. I know exactly when it started shifting from like, okay, this is fun. And like, uh, I, I, I just want to be a part of the more kitty projects. And I know exactly that point where it shifted. And I was like, okay, I think I want to take this more seriously. Um, when was that? I was like 13, I think 13. Yeah turning 14 and I had seen (laughs) I had seen I saw Lady Bird in theaters great movie Greta Gerwig yeah Greta Gerwig yeah and I remember coming out of the movie theater and I was like I should be doing that like 
I want to play, I want to play parts like that. Like I had seen Saoirse Ronan, I think in, um, I forgot what I had seen her in before that point, but I, it was like a completely different character than who she was playing as Lady Bird. And I was like, oh my goodness, like I want to be as, as great as she is. Um, and so that, that was like a shift in terms of how I just viewed acting and like the projects I wanted to do or the type of actor I wanted to be. Um, and it became less of, oh, well, I'll just kind of go with the flow and, you know, have a good time throughout this to like, oh, maybe I, I kind of want to start thinking about this more intentionally. And I, I, I want and yearn for more meat and to like be challenged. Um, again, the business side has kind of come as I've grown in my own knowledge for what, who I want to be as an actor. And again, I have great parents and great managers who have been able to explain that to me. Again, I have that safety net, um, but it, it's definitely a process. I still, I'm learning, I'm still learning every single day more about the business part of it. So when you, when, did, what was your relationship with gaming? Um, as you were growing up, were you were you much of a gamer? Were you around that sort of thing? Did you know much about it before you booked the role in Ragnarok? That was, I believe, you were fourteen when you booked that role, right? I was. I was fourteen years old. Oh. Yes. Um, I knew nothing about gaming. I Delicate. I I knew absolutely zilch. Nothing. nothing. Like, wow. Nothing. I had played Call of Duty. No, I didn't even play Call of Duty. I played like Mortal Kombat when I was like 11 and I closed my eyes because I couldn't take the <laughs> <button>. <laughs> Just pressed a bunch of buttons. Um, I didn't know anything about the gaming world. And as an actor, I didn't even know that voiceover and gaming were things that you could get into. Um, so it was all very new to me. Even auditioning for God of War, I didn't understand or, or know uh, that it was for a game. I thought it was for a movie. I had no idea what it was because I had, I didn't think again, auditioning for games or needing actors for games was a true thing. So my knowledge was zilch. I did not know anything. At the time. And did you do a chemistry test with Sonny to land that role? Yes. So yeah. the audition process for it was, um, you know, again, cause it's such a big game and it's PlayStation it's like Marvel. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, it is. They yeah. give you, they give you kind of like a, a a script that has different names, and it's probably from some other game that they did twenty years ago. And there's um, a sniper on your head at all times. Exactly, yeah. there's a sniper on your head at all times. You have to sign an NDA before you audition. Um, and then, yeah, they like they didn't give character names. I think at the time it was Angelica that I was going in for, um, and so you get the email in your inbox and it was simply just a self tape. Okay. I, put myself, I put myself on tape and I didn't hear anything back for probably, I honestly think it was like two months, like a month and a half, two months. And I didn't hear a word. So you think uh, it's, it's over. There's no yeah, chance. Yeah. I thought it was over. And again, I didn't know what it was. So yeah. It just all right. I'll be I'll be okay. I mean, it's just another one will come up, and I'll I'll do that one. I'll focus on that. One. <laughs> Some of those self tapes you just kind of toss. You put in the can. Mm. It's over after that. You, you have know? to, don't you? Yeah. No, exactly. You have to for your own mm. mental. You just have to almost forget about it, or at least try to. Um, but for for that one, it was just like okay, it was pretty standard. Like just send it on. We're all good. 
and then hadn't heard anything back till two months later. And they said that they wanted me to come in for a chemistry read. Um, and I was like, a chemistry read? I thought this was just a voiceover project, but also I've never had to do a self-tape for a voiceover project. I don't know, I don't know. But they said a chemistry read with the other boy. So um, I think at that point, like mid nineties had come out. So I came to the chemistry read and I saw Sonny and I was like, that's the kid from mid 90s. Okay, this has to be a movie. Like this has to be some type of like, like this is a movie, that's all, that's all that it is. And um, I went in, it was, I think it was Eric uh, and it might've been Matt in the room too. Yeah. And uh, it was at Sony and that's where, that was the first time I met Sonny. Um, and we did the the beginning scene, like the first scene where you're introduced to Anger Boda. Um, wow. And I did my scene. I thought I, I had done a good job. And <laughs> as I left the room, I heard everyone burst into laughter. <laughs> really? I was like, in the back of my head, I was like, oh, okay, no. Okay, maybe I, maybe I didn't do as good as I thought I did. Like, I don't know what that burst of laughter was. But it was, again, it was one of those things now where it is going to be hard to compartmentalize and be like, okay, let me set that one aside. Like now that I've gone in and I now feel attached to this character, I was, I wanted it. Um, and then I think I got the call like two weeks after the self-tape. I mean, not the self-tape, the chemistry read um, that I had, I had booked the part of Angraboda. And so, but still at that point, I was like, somebody tell me what this project is. <laughs> I still have no idea. <laughs> so um, when do they tell you about the character and about the world and you're coming into this series, uh, second game? When do you learn all that? Is there a table read or anything? We didn't have we didn't have a table read. Um, and I'm not sure exactly if they started filming already, like before I was casted. Um, I wasn't completely sure on what the timeline and time frame was for all of this, but when it came to understanding like the world, uh, like after I had I had booked the part, <laughs> this was like two weeks later. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> all very like, stretched out. Um, we got a call from from Eric Williams, the director, and he was like, "We want to sit down and we just want to have lunch with you, get to know you, and kind of tell you more about the game." And I was. 14, I think at that point I had, I was 15, like my birthday had passed. Um, and this was my first time being able to collaborate with any director um, or feel like they had trusted me in some way to take agency over Angerboda. I mean, to a, to only a certain degree, they um, are mm. dealing with like Norse mythology, but uh, they kind of were just like guiding me through and held my hand. That first lunch that we had set the foundation for not only how I felt on, on set and on the mocap stage, but also my relationship with Eric and Matt. I had felt so comfortable with them just because they were able to set that foundation in the very beginning. Um, but the first thing he told me was like, do not look up anything about Angraboda. Like do not Google anything. You won't find. If anything. someone said that, I'd, that's the first thing I'd do. Go and, and do it. Uh, <laughs> you did the same, yeah. <laughs> uh, I, did. I did. I did. I did. Yeah. <laughs> it was like 
don't Google Angry Boda. And I, I was like, okay, no, I won't, I won't. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, yeah. it's basically because they they really did want to make their own interpretation of Angry Boda, and they wanted me to bring mm. my own um, my own flavor, my own like spice to the role. But no. Uh, and everything you see uh, about her, when you do look up Angry Boda, you don't get much, um, or they kind of pin her as someone that's quite evil. Um, and they wanted to stray away from any of that and really find the humanity within her, um, which at the time I didn't fully understand or recognize. And then going through the process of filming, more so of that, um, that thought or that plant that the seed that was planted just kind of began to grow but I had done after I had that lunch with them I had done like oh I just had done so much research on the game I was like I have to know exactly where I am what I'm doing and everything that came before it that leads at least Loki to this certain point and then how Angra Boda fits into that picture so it was a lot of just like watching gameplay and uh <laughs> watching a lot of their behind the scenes clips that that was already on on YouTube via the 2018 game. So I had a lot of uh, a lot of wonderful resources and things to access at my fingertips. You probably watched some of my videos without even knowing from the first game. But um no, truly, truly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that that must have been an interesting sort of process going back and because they're a lot of the actors in this game are back again and you're sort of the new kid on the block, literally. How was that? I was so nervous. I was so yeah. nervous when I first started because like you said, it is like being the new girl on the first day of school. Um, mm. And I mean, you already have first day jitters with every role. At least for me, I get nervous all the time. And so to have like, okay, you have your first day jitters, but then on top of that, like everybody knows each other you are the only one they don't know is a very odd thing. And there's not many young people. It really is only mm. Sonny. And he was kind of like the center when it came to uh, children or just younger people being a part of this world. So I was very nervous in the beginning. We had done all of the like face scans, uh, like maybe a week before I actually started filming. And I was kind of getting more comfortable with the world because of that, like having that introduction at first. But of course you want to be able to bond with your cast and with the people that you're going to be playing with for the next three years. <laughs> um, three years was it of shooting? Yeah, it was like, it was a good, wow. I think it was two years of shooting. And then uh, I think about a year, year and a half of uh, voiceover. So it was a very long process, um, but I, I will say again, you, I was, I had that foundation already set via um, Matt and Eric with that first lunch, and they were so open. They said, "If I have any questions, like give them a call." And we did calls before every mocap session. Um, they were so interested in just collaboration. They did not want this to. I mean, there was definitely an expectation simply because the 2018 game was as everyone knows so successful but they did want to make that environment for me at least very safe and comfortable and they didn't add any unneeded pressure at all so because that stage was already set meeting the cast was just kind of like <laughs> an extension of that because everyone that I worked with on this game was truly so 
kind and generous. It was like all my nerves went away uh, by the time I had met Sonny. And then I think I met, I met Christopher down the line, but he wasn't just like, he's like a teddy bear. (laughs) He's a bit of a softy, yeah. Bit of a softy. And then the crew was, was just so kind and generous as well. I think at the end of the day, they just wanted us, we were 14, 15 at the time, just to have a good time. Like we just want, they wanted us to have fun. The characters we were also playing were 14, 13 in their own worlds. So a big part of it was making sure we still felt like kids and that it was just fun. Um, and so I think those those jitters kind of went away pretty quickly, uh, like mm-hmm. after that first day of just rehearsal. And because I only had two days for my first session, it was like you rehearse and then you film and then we'll see you when we see you. We have no idea when we're gonna uh, film again. I was like yearning to go back. Like I, I wanted to see those people again. What is the gap between shooting? I'm curious over the three years, is right. there like sometimes months between shooting? Yes, months. Between. So for instance, like I had my first session in August and then my second session was in October. Um, wow. And it's just, it's just a very, it's a very interesting world, especially if you compare it to film and TV. I just talked to <laughs> A couple of days ago, <laughs> I was like, was there a full script? Like, I, the actors don't get the, at least in my case, like we didn't get any full script because it would be like a thousand pages oh, long. Yeah, <laughs> can't imagine. The you know, mm. exactly. Um, so, and we're not filming in order either. So I'd be reading my script and I was like, wait, I thought I knew what was going on. <laughs> um, so yeah, and then on top of that, we were dealing with COVID during our point oh, of shooting. course, yeah. That just kind of obviously uh, made things much longer. So with the chemistry with Sunny, was it instant? Like you felt it from from day one, or was it a bit of a progression? Or I was very lucky. Both of us were very lucky. Um, I feel like, at least for me, in that audition room it was immediate. Like I had felt extremely comfortable with him. And again, we were young, but there was, we didn't hang out beforehand. We didn't like get lunch or uh, Mm. talk about the project in any way. We were just lucky to have had clicked so instantly. And it was really lovely <laughs> because like I said, Angerboda and Atreus are like 14, 15 years old in the game and as were we. And in that like introduction, they're both pretty awkward and they're both just trying to like, I don't know, like push each other's buttons, see what's working, kind of like figure out each other's personality and vibe. And for us in the beginning, it was very much like, hey, <laughs> cool, wait, do I do this, blah, blah, blah. Um, yeah. yeah, so it was, <laughs> it was in a lot of ways, we were kind of doing what Atreus and Angerboda were doing in the game, which helped it. Um, but I do think our, our chemistry was pretty instant from the beginning. And you're, you're so close to these people. I mean, being on a mocap stage is a pretty intimate thing. You're all in these weird suits and a, a microphone and a camera is like right in front of your face. So I, there's an expectation to make it great because of, I mean, the material's so wonderful and Matt and Eric were so wonderful and it falls onto your actors where we both want to do a great job. 
So I think both me and him were able to, we took it very seriously. And in a lot of ways, I leaned on him uh, as I, I'm sure he probably leaned on me for some things as well, but because he, he had known this world and he had been through it before, I had questions for him on, on how to feel more comfortable in it. Um, and of course, Sonny was just so lovely. We really enjoyed filming together. What was those more intimate emotional scenes like? Cause I know sometimes you would butt the cameras would butt head during some of the takes <laughs> sitting down and stuff like that. So what were they like? <laughs> First, they were so awkward simply because <laughs> like, like, we did have a uh, there's the one where, like <laughs> we were laying down um and I think yeah. I guess look up at the stars or something um That's and right. I think I like yeah. hold his hand and like <laughs> <laughs> turned him and like the camera just <laughs> right in front of his camera so it was very like weird and awkward at first um you get used then, to it yeah it's just you get used to it and you get more comfortable around each other. And then it's also nice because you get to laugh at it. Like, it's just kind of fun Yeah. <laughs> at that point. But it, again, they weren't too difficult. Again, me and uh, Sunny, I, I, at least for me, I felt like an expectation and I, I wanted to be able to do the game and these two characters justice. Uh, so we treated it very seriously. And what was his relationship like with Chris on set? Is, was it like a father-son? sort of relationship for them? Because I saw some footage of him like crying and going up to Chris and they were hugging, embracing. Quite a touching little moment that someone caught. But yeah, what was that like for you seeing those two? I felt I felt so lucky just to be able to witness it. I mean, yeah. we now worked with each other, I think for 10 years now, since the first game or almost 10 years since they had um, filmed and recorded the first game. But Christopher is just like, <laughs> like I said, he's just like this gentle giant. Like he's just, he's so lovely just as a person. And him and Sonny would go back and forth and like make jokes to each other. They would like kind of roast each other sometimes. So there was like that type of relationship. And then when, like you said, in that clip where uh, like they're able to get emotional and, and they, there's obviously like this closeness between them. It was very real and apparent on set. And when you have like, you were talking about those intimate moments that you're filming with one another um, and you're spending so much time with these, these lovely people, like you're gonna have that bond and connection with them. And they're really lucky to be able to have that. And I, again, I just felt very lucky to see it firsthand. I didn't get many scenes with Chris. I think the, the first time I filmed with Chris was maybe like a year and a half uh, into doing like mocap. <laughs> That's crazy. And I only, and, and this was all like from afar too. This was like, he was doing his scenes and then I would come in. And then I think we had like our, our one scene uh, where With I show. The end so of the game, sort of that scene. Yeah. Exactly. The end of the game where we do that scene. And we did that on the very last day. Um, and at that point, I just kind of got to sit back and watch like this really magical moment happen between Sonny and Christopher. Uh, and it, I mean, it was one, because the scene was so beautiful, but two, it was like, it was the last day. It was like, after all the hard work that we've put into this, we get to have like this really magical moment. And so just to see it from afar was really special. And um, 
Yeah, I, I can tell you that father-son dynamic is definitely there. Even when we saw each other at the BAFTAs, it's just like, it's like we've been able to kind of create this family and this bond throughout these years of filming. Congratulations on winning that as well. That that was a great achievement. I remember watching it and I think Chris was crying or and I think maybe your mum was crying or someone in the, when you won. <laughs> what was that like winning and we, how shocked were you and what was the emotions? running through you that time that was like the most special night ever like of my life it was just I, I still think about it and it's so surreal um I, it was my first time in London it was my first time in Europe me and my family it was our first time in Europe and I was just so excited to like see Big Ben and <laughs> for the first <laughs> yeah. time <laughs> And I, I, I was telling my family, I was like, can you believe that we're here? Like, this is just, this is extraordinary. And I think our first day was the night of the Baptist. So like we, we had an entire day before that. We saw Big Ben, the London Bridge, and like uh, we uh, went to Soho and we were just acting like true tourists the entire day. Um, and I, me and my family were walking and I was like, honestly, you guys, like, yes, the BAFTAs, it's incredible. Like, I'm so excited to be a part of it. But also at the same time, I could just really be doing touristy days. Like, if <laughs> I <wanted to. laughs> like I'm yeah. kind of cool with what we're doing here. Yeah. And my mom looked back and she was like, well, do you have a speech prepared for tonight? Like, if they call your name? And again, I was just enjoying the moment. I told mom, I was like, nah, I have a speech prepared. I'm just excited to be here. <laughs> and then of course, like even when, when we got to the night and like the BAFTAs were there, I was still like me and Sonny were just kind of joking around like, haha, we get to just have our fun. We get to eat and enjoy just seeing each other. Like, we're just going to have a good time. I truly was not expecting to win at all. And um, then when, you know, we got in there and my name was called, it was like my heart went to my stomach in a, in a good way. And I think like my, just like everything froze. And I looked to my parents and my dad was just like screaming and I couldn't <laughs> process it. I like could not even process it uh, by the time I had gotten up on stage. You can kind of see it when I do say my speech. I was just like, <laughs> my brain was everywhere. I had to like get a moment to like actually be able to process. So much so I like forgot to <laughs> mention my parents. <laughs> but um, it was just like, a, it was a dream. It, and it truly felt like I was living in a dream. Um, mm. I, uh, you just, you put so much work in on the game one, you're, like we had been working on it for three years. And because this is a brand new world for me, I truly wasn't aware, like not truly of the impact that the game would be able to have on other people or what the, the impact of the character was gonna have on other people. So that's one thing, like I just really loved Angraboda, but also on top of that for me as a, an actress, like. 10 years of hard work and dedication um, and just so many ups and downs and ebb and flows and doubts and just like having to get yourself up again after being rejected a bunch of times. Like not saying that that award validates anything, but it does 
to me, I look at it as some like reminder of just like all that has gone in to get to that point. And like for me and my family and like the God of War cast to have just that moment was so, 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 spe so special to me. Um, and I still like, I, I'll look at the award and I'm just, again, reminded of, of all of that. It's like used as a motivator at this point. Um, but it was, it was like a dream come true. I still have to like pinch myself every time I mention it. I talked to my friend the other day and he was like, you know, you have a BAFTA. And I was like, oh my God. BAFTA winner. Yeah. BAFTA winner, yeah. So, what did you do to celebrate that night? And two, where's the, where's the BAFTA at now? Where do you put it? BAFTA as well. BAFTA is in my room. Um, <laughs> we've given her a name. Her name is Betty BAFTA. Oh, uh, Betty. Betty, yeah. Betty. She's quite well. I think she's near, um, I have a photo of like Eartha Kitt next to her. So to make sure she doesn't get too lonely. Um, <laughs> what did I do to celebrate? Uh, we had stayed a few extra days in, in London. Um, and so I went to go see Cabaret with the lovely Lorraine Toussaint, uh, who plays my aunt on the Equalizer. And I got to see her and It'd be in a different country. It was just like the most incredible thing. Mm, <laughs> uh, so, and then uh, Cabaret has now become one of my favorite musicals since then. So I got to do that, have a lovely dinner. And then when I got back to New York, what did we do? You're probably on to the next project knowing you. I was, <laughs> <laughs> I was uh. really trying to bask in all of it. I, mm. I again, It was such a surreal thing um I probably was like let me just go to a nice dinner so I went to a nice dinner and probably saw a show with my family but for the first two weeks we were sitting in a state of just like ah <laughs> me yeah. and my family um and also it was a lot going on during that time just like in my own personal life um and so it was such a it was such a lovely thing to just be able to have that and look at uh, during during those times. So yeah, I probably went to dinner. Uh, I can't fully remember. We were just right. it was just <laughs> it was too exciting. Were the were you doing school during the shooting of this game? Like, would you go to school and then shoot God of War? I mean, it just sounds bizarre to me. It sounds crazy. <laughs> like, like, what, <laughs> it's like a it's like a dream, but. What like how did that work? I'm curious. I love wording it like that. Yes, yeah. I did. I would go to school and I would go film God of War. <laughs> Not many people yeah. can say that. Let me tell you. <laughs> you and Sunny, I think that's about it. Yeah, no, we uh, did. <laughs> we truly did. Like, <laughs> I wish. But what, I was what's what like a normal school day is nine to three. So you're obviously not doing a normal school day not doing a normal school day but you will get like you're not you're I think it was nine hours uh is it nine hours of schooling haven't been in school in a little bit <laughs> uh, yeah but during that point like uh I think it would be you had to do nine hours of school or around that time it's the same time you would have to do in like a regular schooling situation but because you are filming and recording during that you get breaks depending on like what scenes you're doing 
And usually the grown-up actors, they actually can go take a break or have a little snack. For the kids, you go and you do your school for three hours. So do you just have someone with you on Zoom or what? how does it work? Well, we had a teacher. This was in pre-COVID times. We You do have a studio teacher. Um, and yeah, if you're homeschooled, you're able to kind of create your own curriculum. At least for me, I was able to create it. And then uh, for Sonny, I'm not sure if, I think he was homeschooled as well. But even if you do go to a regular school, you have your teacher at the regular school, then you have your set teacher and they're able to kind of guide you and protect you as a child, um, Mm. uh, which is such a lovely thing to have uh, when you are around so many adults and maybe you don't feel very comfortable or you don't know what to ask or you, you don't know what to do or you feel quite lonely. You do have a set teacher, a studio teacher there who's able to protect you and keep track of how many hours you spend on working and then how many hours you have just to like play and also work on school. Um, so uh, yeah, and then depending on how busy the day is, you end up banking hours. So you end up having to put, put <laughs> hours into your school bank <laughs> oh my god this is crazy yeah it's a very crazy thing you put Ugh. those in your little bank and then let's say oh my gosh the day was just so hectic for me um and i could not get all of my school hours done we're just going to take like two hours from your bank and now you're good and then sometimes you have to you have to put more in your bank because you know you're going to have a busy week so you might have to stay and do more school after you're done filming so everybody could go home at, let's say, like five o'clock and then you're over there doing school till 8 p.m. Um, just because you want to bank hours for the next day. So I'm one more on this. The <laughs> yeah. what, what? It's fascinating to me. The, sure. Are you doing mathematics and science? Are you doing English? Are you do, what subjects are you doing? Just yes. the normal curriculum or what? Abs- completely normal. Completely yeah. normal. Thing that you would do in a regular school depending on what level you're at in your school I mean I knew a girl who was doing calculus like as she was also filming at the same time so um calculus and god of all Ragnarok at the same time <laughs> I mean that's just the smartest kid on earth basically <laughs> that's just like the title for the YouTube video. we talk about calculus and god of all. <laughs> oh um, shit yeah so <laughs> so yeah you're doing the regular subjects that you would do in regular yeah. school. Um, and sometimes depending on your studio teacher, they like to make things interesting. They'll bring their own puzzles or their own games. I was about to say they do lab. You don't do lab. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But your homeschool program, you can do lab. Uh, uh, it's just a very interesting thing, but everything is pretty, pretty normal. You get used to it. And do you, like, what's the graduating, like, do you graduate on set? Like, do you just get a certificate, like, you're done? How does that, like? (laughs) Yeah, for me, I didn't graduate on set. I will say there is a, so I I only did schooling in, like, uh, in pre-COVID time. So it was, like, 2019 I had done set school. And then you can take a test where you don't have to do set schooling anymore. Um, yeah. And so I did that when I was 15, about to turn 16. So Sonny was over there like, wait, no, you're not just in school. <laughs> no, no, I'm going to be, I'm doing this alone. Um, uh, so again, you could do that. And then uh, depending on what project you're on or just like what your life yeah. is, 
I'm graduating can be kind of an interesting thing. I know people <laughs> who have graduated on set and like yeah. the crew throws them like a big graduation party and gives them their cap and gown. And then Crazy. depending on the program you're with, they give you a cap and gown. I know with mine, they did invite me to go walk on the stage and actually get my diploma, but you are around a bunch of kids you don't know. And then for some of them, some homeschool programs are very well known um, between actors. So you do get to graduate. They do take you to prom or you get like a senior trip and it's with a bunch of kids who are in the industry. So it becomes like it becomes like a little bubble. It's your own like little little actor bubble when you're young. So are your are your friends traditional friends or acting a lot in the business? I'm curious. <laughs> I love traditional friends. <laughs> no, I don't even know what that means. Ah, oh, traditional friends. Yeah. Traditional friends. <sighs> I have, uh, you know, I have my, I do have a nice amount of friends who are traditional friends, you know, they've gone that <laughs> normal route. Yeah. Um, and I do, and I have also so many lovely friends who I've met within the industry. When you are a kid, it's like, I know it's such a fascinating thing if you're not a part of it, but it's like being, uh, it's like being an athlete, you know, you're just yeah. you're on a football team. You're meeting kids who are just, who do and enjoy the same thing that you enjoy. It's only amplified out here simply because of like status and because it's an adult industry. And it's kind of leaning to more towards what I was saying before. There's like the industry is uh, an accumulation of like multiple industries and you can stay focused on that one and you can get good at that one and not be as great at the other. Or um, again, you're just like, you're focused on the acting portion of it, the business portion of it. And then like the status portion of it, the celebrity portion of it. Um, and so when I was younger, you know, you're just meeting kids who enjoy the same thing that you do. And a lot of those kids that I met in the beginning, they grow up, they turn 15 and they realize I don't want to do this anymore. I don't find it fun. Mm. They turn 18 and they're like, actually, I would rather go to school. And I have more of an interest in political science, you know, <laughs> like it's just, uh, it's, we're still, I mean, you're still at the end of, end of the day, you're just young and trying to figure it out. I've been very lucky to find my passion very early and it's just grown and been able to expand since I was young. But if I turn 13 and the shift wasn't, I want to take this more seriously, but the shift was, I think I really want to go into ballet. I could do that <laughs> and probably meet friends via that industry. So yeah, you do. I do keep my circle quite small because you just don't know who to trust out here. And that's why it is lovely to have traditional friends. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, it's all, it's always, always going to be about balance. I had Deborah Wilson on who plays Gryla a few months ago, and she told me her side of the story. I'm curious your, your side. She, I think she said she would go up to you and stare and not say, well, I mean, it was listening to her talk about it was bizarre and, for you, I don't, as a young woman, like, how did you comprehend that? Because it's kind of like she was kind of method acting a little bit. Yes. Yeah. Can I just say, I respect Deborah Wilson so. Oh, she's incredible. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. She's incredible. 
And I only had one day with her. I think I only had one or two days with this woman. And she is in, like, I didn't even realize it at the time. At the time, it was a little shocking because I had never worked with a method actress before. Um, and in retrospect, I have just, I realized I have been so impacted by her and the way that she was able to just, like she was just fully in it by the time she stepped onto the mocap stage. Like now looking back, that has impacted me so much throughout like <laughs> the Just other the one day, yeah. Just that one day, just being able to see how like, how she was just there. And there was no question about it. There was no talk about it. It was just something, it was her preparation process. This was going to help her. This was, this was Gryla. That's all you had to know. And yeah, it was just impactful. So I'll tell you. I, um, <laughs> at that point, <laughs> we had been like filming for like a year, I guess, or a year, year and a half. This was, now it was COVID times. Um, oh, yeah. And me and Sunny had met Deborah, but like we didn't get a full introduction because she was in character um, for most of the filming. And... <laughs> she would come in and she did her own thing like just to get prepared which was very odd for like me because I was like oh I'm very used to like introducing myself to these people and like the world not being in the world the entire time and we knew that it was going to be a very emotional day we knew that the scenes were going to be quite tough and there was already something in the back of my head that was telling myself like okay I it's it's not a normal or like it's not going to be just a very fun day like we will have to get into some type of headspace for it and I was really nervous during the rehearsal process because Deborah was already there like she was already like ready to go and she would do these things before we started filming like um, I don't want to give too much of her process away but it was like these screams or these like mm, she said gut? that yeah she did okay good so like these gut-wrenching like screams or like she and this just, is when the cameras aren't rolling is it this is when the cameras are rolling like nobody Crazy. has said action mm. like she's in her own world like these like guttural screams these like um she would just be like talking to Angerboda felt like, like, like she was having her own chat and her own dialogue with her. This is before she would even acknowledge me. She would stay within her own, in her own world, in her own But are moment. you intimidated by that? I was so intimidated by yeah. it. But I, I was intimidated, but also fascinated. Like I was, yeah. I had never seen, I'd never seen anybody uh, go the route of method before. And yeah. so at first, like me and Sunny were just like, okay, this is fun. This is kind of new and exciting. And then very quickly became extremely fascinated with like just her and the way that she was able to prepare and just have no, um, I don't, it's not like no care, but just like the freedom to be able to express that and already be so present by the time you get to set. Uh, and then within the, after doing like these guttural screams, she would like, come up to me and just like stare intensely and like me being 15 years old I was like do I like in the back of my head I'm like I can't laugh I can't like I can't smile I can't do any of that and so I just allowed her to um 
do her process the way that it felt right. And if anything, I wanted to do anything I could to be able to help that or expand that. Mm. And even for myself, it helped. Like it worked so much just to be like present in that with her before cameras even started rolling. Um, it's like, I knew exactly what Gryla was, or I knew who Angraboda's grandmother was and what she represented simply because Deborah was already there by the time that we even started filming or by the time we got to the stage. But in the back of my head, I was intimidated and I was scared. I was like, oh my gosh, I don't want to ruin her process, one. And two, like I, uh, I've never worked with anybody like this before. <laughs> this intense, yeah. This intense, but she would. She would just come up and stare um, and she would like whisper, like mumble things under her breath. And again, just as your other actor who's in the scene with you, you just want to give them everything and all the space that you can for them to be able to do what they need to do to get there. And so I, I did that. <laughs> and in the end, it made the scene so like, um, it, it just, I, I guess, very because emotional scene, isn't it? Very emotionally charged. Yeah, it's a very emotional scene. And when you go into those scenes as as an actor, you don't want to overwork them. Like you do, mm. you want to allow all of that stuff to happen on the stage. You can't think about it too much. You have to be present. Authentic, um, yeah. Exactly. And it was very helpful for her to be so present in that, for it to feel so real for both me and her before cameras even started rolling so that by the time you know you hear all those horrible things that Gryla says it feels so real even if we had been rehearsing the scene over and over again by the time the cameras start rolling and we're there it's like brand new every single time um so it helped me it like helped keep me on my toes which I think is the most important thing when you're mm -hmm acting it's like you want it to be spontaneous you want it to be authentic you want to keep making different choices and after working with her for those like two days literally um I've tried to approach everything just with that uh mindset and you're never going to forget those two days eh? isn't that crazy never they're imprinted <laughs> they are imprinted on my brain forever that was and <laughs> again like it has helped me it truly has even helped me in other projects that I've done simply thinking of how committed you can be as an actor and like the space that's also needed for you to get to that point how it's okay to ask for that space it's okay for you to do your own thing like that's just I respect her so much for that and it has impacted me <laughs> and, and lastly on that she said that once the scene was over she like wailed cry like just let it all out yeah did you, what was your reaction to that? Do you just let her go? Do you comfort? Like, where do we, what do you do when someone does that? Well, I, yeah, it's always so interesting when you have those emotional scenes because you do want to give people the space to be able to feel it. I mean, even I felt it that day. Um, like, you mm. just, sometimes they look at actors or like performers as some like machine who can like turn it on and off um, at all times. And when you're able to tap into something very painful, you just cannot let go of that feeling for a while. And people, I have worked with people and I have done it myself where I get to that point and I have to like sit for a good 10 minutes and just like 
let it out. It's already there. It's present. All those feelings have now resurfaced. So with uh, Deborah, at least on that day, from what I can remember, I gave her her space. Um, mm. But you, in some type of way, like you have to give them their space for a second, but you do have to comfort your fellow actor. <laughs> um just because again, like everything else is moving so quickly on a set, crew, writers, producers, everyone else has their own objective and their own goal. Um, and they're not, they don't truly understand because it's not their job to understand what goes in to get to that point. Um, and of course, if you're put in the same position, you just empathize with that and you know what goes into it to get to that point. Um, so yeah, it was a lot of like, just let her process it. And then I think at some point it was, we all comfort each other. Such a, such a great game, such a great couple of scenes as well with that. What was your most proud moment from the game and what did you learn from the whole experience? Mm, my most proud moment from the game. Cause I'm guessing you've watched, watched it back now. The cut scenes and stuff, yeah. Yeah, I have watched the cut scenes back. Um, just or in terms of how it's come out, which one? Yeah, I love I love the hero moment that she gets. That's I was that's gonna a- mention that William? one. Yeah, yes. no, please go ahead. It's a great I, scene. Yeah. No, I was so pleased with my hero moment, and I don't think it was written in in the very beginning. Uh, oh. yeah, it was. It, <laughs> Eric had he talked to me one day when we were on the mocap stage, and he says you're in Ragnarok. Like, you're going to be in Ragnarok. <laughs> I didn't know what he was talking about. So I was like, that's so <laughs> <laughs> um, Yeah, but then like, just to have that hero moment was so awesome. And I got to work with everybody. I was yearning to work with Dan- Danielle. Um, oh, and I got to work with brilliant. her. And she's just, yeah, she's everything. Her guttural scream, that was, is insane. Oh of the game and that was the day I really got to work with Christopher and Adam like we just all got to be there and oh gosh that's what, that was one of my favorite days of filming and it was our last day so that one and then I will say I was really proud of um I was really proud of that Gryla scene I was uh very happy with how it came out again it moves so fast when you're filming it um but to see it in the game, like, was very chilling for me. And it, it did make me very, very happy to see it. And, and, and was glad that it just came out well. And I think in the way that they wanted it to come out. So and yeah. you don't expect it playing it because it slowly you're in a new world, you're getting to know these this character. And then all of a sudden, it builds and builds to this sort of climax with her and very emotionally charged. Yeah, I'll never forget that, that right. mission. Yeah. What was the biggest lesson you learned, I guess, um, as we wrap up on on this conversation? And again, thank you for taking the time, Leia. We really appreciate it. Oh, thank you for having me. Um, I guess so many lessons. Simply, I mean, I learned a lot from Angraboda. Um, mm. Her loyalty to prophecy, her loyalty to her family is one of her most like incredible traits but also being open to uh having her own agency and taking her life into her own hands and she's very lucky to have like someone 
like Atreus being able to open her mind to those ideas and possibilities. And I'm grateful to Matt and Eric and the writers who were able to make such a like, uh, just multi-layered young girl. I don't feel like you even, you get characters like that very often. And I truly mean that even in TV and film at the time, you know, you get a lot of like the angsty teens or whatever. And then with Angerboda, she could have easily just been some character that's along for Atreus's journey and helps him along the way. And then he goes off and he does his own thing. Um, but they were, again, able to find the humanity and this like yearning for more within this young girl, which is so special. So yeah, I've been able to learn a lot from the character and then just from the experience. Uh, we were talking about theater and they had told me at the beginning, like, treat this as a play. Like, it is very technical in terms of the play, like where you're going to be, uh, <laughs> what the blocking is. And it's very detailed when it gets to that. But it is, you're using your imagination to the fullest extent. And I had never used my imagination in the way <laughs> I had to use it for God of War. Um, but it proved so much to me uh, in terms of what my capabilities are as an actor and just to never be closed-minded to always be open and uh, in many ways almost like wear your heart on your sleeve you know just be ready for anything and down for anything that's what was so amazing about Deborah. she came in and she was just like she was there and open and ready for just spontaneity and ready to like change it up and challenge other artists who were around her so yeah I, I guess uh, it's kind of a long-winded way <laughs> of saying that, but I guess to just be more uh, open was probably my biggest lesson that I had, I could take from God of War. And what, where do you see Atreus and Angraboda's relationship at at the end of the game? Do you think they're in love? Do you think, like, what 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 did you see it as? Hmm, I think I see it as. In some way, uh, mm -hmm. I mean, I think it's definitely love and it's so hard to like say soulmate or something that it's something yeah. cool. <laughs> yeah. but, but I do feel like, especially when, again, you're a young person and you meet someone who opens your mind up in that way and is also able to challenge you and, and also just someone you feel a true genuine connection with when you haven't had that before, it's a very special thing. And so, yeah, and and I do think it's love. I'll say that. I do think it's love. Whether it's romantic, platonic, I guess we'll be able to see <laughs> moving forward. Um, but I, I I do think it's it's definitely love. And do you want to do more games? Is that something you think will be in your future? It's not even a question. I absolutely, absolutely. Like I... I would love to be a part of this God of War world more, and uh, I, I, I'm dying to do more games. It, it has truly been one of the most impactful experiences I've ever had. Uh, wow. Like I said, as an actor, it's just like it's it's everything that I could have. I couldn't even probably imagine all the amazing things that have come from it. So yeah, first of many. That's what I say. Amazing, and. Is there anything you wanted to say to the fans who've tuned in today and watched? Is there anything you wanted to pass on to them? I just want to say, like, thank you so much. I mean, it's one thing to <laughs> be like the new castmate on set and to, like, hope that 
you're able to connect with with your your other co-stars. And then it's also another thing when the fans are being introduced to this brand new character after being so comfortable with the ones that they already know. Um, And the reaction, the messages, and just like the kindness that the God of War community has shown me has been really, truly so special to me. And I I really do thank you if you love the game or love Angerboda um, for just showing so much kindness and openness and also uh, love for Angerboda. Uh, so yeah, just I guess I would just say thank you. Thank you so much for taking the time. Make sure to follow Leia on Twitter, Instagram. Is that the main? It is, yeah. The Instagram, Leia Deleon Hayes. Uh, don't know how people are feeling with Twitter. Don't know about Twitter these days. But what is it called now, X? <laughs> X or something. I don't even know. But Instagram is my main girl. Yeah, Leia Deleon Hayes. And also, what about the side gig Instagram? The um, the side <laughs> hustle. We're going to shout that one out as well. Which one's the what side? The side hustle? The the second Instagram, the archive. <laughs> about that um yes we don't shout that one out that one's shout that one out shout that one out yeah (laughs) archives leia archives um you know you'll get all the behind the scenes photos and all the film pictures that i take uh, are they the the photos that don't make it to the main stage they're the photos that don't make it to the main stage um and they're also just like the photos i like of other people um (laughs) i feel like it gives people just like a little little insight into all the stuff you see on the main page so yeah she's a good time she's a good time